Welcome to SCOTUScast, a project of the Federalist Society for Law and Public Policy Studies. Our contributors join us from around the country to bring you expert commentary on U.S. Supreme Court cases as they are argued and decisions are issued. The Federalist Society takes no position on particular legal or public policy issues. All expressions of opinion are those of the speaker. Thank you for joining us for this post-decision episode of SCOTUScast, the Establishment Clause and War Memorials edition. I'm your host, Grace Gotchling. On June 20, 2019, the Supreme Court decided the American Legion v. American Humanist Association, a case considering whether state funding of a war memorial in the form of a religious symbol is in violation of the Establishment Clause of the First Amendment. In 1925, the American Legion erected a memorial cross, the Peace Cross, in Bladensburg, Maryland, to honor 49 soldiers who died fighting in World War I. In 1961, the Maryland National Capital Park and Planning Commission acquired the land and has maintained the memorial using public funding. In 2014, the AHA, the American Humanist Association, and other civil associations filed suit in district court, alleging that the presence and publicly funded maintenance of the Peace Cross violated the Establishment Clause of the First Amendment. The AHA sought relocation, demolition, or removal of the cross's arms. The district court ruled in favor of the American Legion, applying the Supreme Court precedents Lemon v. Kurtzman and Van Orden v. Perry, concluding that the Peace Cross did not violate the Establishment Clause. A divided panel of the U.S. Court of Appeals for the Fourth Circuit reversed that judgment, applying the same precedence as the district court, but concluding that the Peace Cross conveyed to a reasonable observer the impression of state endorsement of Christianity and excessively entangled the commission with religion. The Supreme Court granted certiorari to address the Establishment Clause issue. By a vote of 7-2, the Supreme Court reversed the judgment of the Fourth Circuit and remanded the case. In an opinion delivered by Justice Alito, the court held that the Bladensburg Cross does not violate the Establishment Clause. Justice Alito delivered the opinion of the court with respect to Parts 1, 2B, 2C, 3, and 4, joined by Chief Justice Roberts and Justices Breyer, Kagan, and Kavanaugh. Justice Alito's opinion with respect to Parts 2A and 2D was also joined by Chief Justice Roberts and Justices Breyer and Kavanaugh, but not Justice Kagan. A concurring opinion was filed by Justice Breyer, in which Justice Kagan joined. Justice Kavanaugh filed a concurring opinion, and Justice Kagan filed an opinion concurring in part. Justice Thomas filed an opinion concurring in the judgment. Justice Gorsuch filed an opinion concurring in the judgment, in which Justice Thomas joined. Justice Ginsburg filed a dissenting opinion, in which Justice Sotomayor joined. And now, to discuss the case, we have Christopher DePompeo, partner at Jones Day. Justice Alito's majority opinion opens by discussing the ways in which crosses, uh, though certainly still the preeminent symbol of Christianity and certainly still retaining religious significance in that context, uh, how they've also over time acquired secular meaning and connotations in other contexts that courts can't simply ignore, specifically in the context of grave markers and memorials for war dead. I mention that because it was in part one, which is the fact section, and is easy to overlook. But as I mentioned, that notion that crosses are so inherently religious that they simply can never be constitutional was the underpinning of certainly the Fourth Circuit's opinion in this case, but of a lot of the decisions rejecting crosses and cross-shaped memorials. So it was a really important part of the opinion, and it was nice to see that Justice Alito recognized 
what we've been arguing for many years, that a cross certainly retains its religious significance, but also when used in other contexts, can be used in a way that does not actually establish a religion. But turning to more of the meat of Justice Leader's decision, Part 2 analyzes the law. Part 2A opens by criticizing the Lemon Test, saying that it, although it was intended to be a grand unifying theory of Establishment Clause jurisprudence, it's essentially failed to achieve its goals. Notably, this is one of the two sections that Justice Kagan did not join in the opinion. So this is a four-justice plurality making these points. But Justice Alito's opinion at this point specifically says that the lemon test is not useful, particularly for longstanding memorials that are consistent with tradition. Justice Alito identifies four reasons why the lemon test, in his words, presents particularly daunting problems in cases that involve the use of ceremonial or commemorative words or symbols with religious associations. Number one, the monuments were often established long ago, and so it's often not possible to identify the original purpose, which is the first prong of lemon. Second, as time goes by, the original purpose may change or, or multiply. Third, the message conveyed by a monument may change. The symbol might also become part of the community or landscape in which it acquires a historical character and importance as well. Justice Leto cites Notre Dame, for example, where even in very rigorously enforced secular France, there's a, a certainly an appreciation and support for Notre Dame as a cathedral as a symbol of the country. I think Justice Leto actually says on page 20, familiarity itself can become a reason for preservation. And then fourth, removing longstanding monuments uh, may ultimately be more religiously divisive than simply letting those monuments stand. Because of this, Justice Leto says that retaining established monuments is different from rec or adopting new ones, and therefore the passage of time gives rise to a strong presumption of constitutionality. Later in opinion, on Part 2D, Justice Alito provides the new way of approaching these questions. He says that because of the problems associated with Lemon and applying it in these monument contexts, he notes that the Court's more recent cases have not applied Lemon, but have, quote, taken a more modest approach that focuses on the particular issue at hand and looks to history for guidance. He then discusses the Court's legislative prayer cases, so Marsh and Town of Greece. He concludes by noting that those decisions recognize that legislative prayer is an example of respect and tolerance for differing views, an endeavor to achieve inclusivity and non-discrimination, and a recognition of the important role that religion plays in the lives of many Americans. Justice Alito says, where categories of monuments, symbols, and practices with a longstanding history follow in that tradition, they are likewise constitutional. Part 2D, again, which is this section, was also one that Justice Kagan did not join. So again, we have a four-justice plurality. As we'll see later, Justice Thomas and Justice Gorsuch, although they did not join these parts of the opinion, certainly endorsed the court's decisions in this respect and, if anything, urged the court to go further. So ultimately, although you only have four justices signing on to this language, you certainly have six votes to eliminate a lemon and to move to the kind of analysis that was applied in the town of Greece. And Justice Leto notes that it's significant that the Peace Cross commemorates the death of uh, particular individuals because it's you know, natural and appropriate for those seeking to honor the deceased to invoke symbols that signify what death meant for those who are memorialized. Uh, so after all of that, Justice Leto and for the court concludes that the uh, memorial is constitutional. There were several separate opinions. Uh, Justice Breyer wrote one. Again, Justice Breyer joined Justice Leto's opinion in full, uh, but he wrote separately to emphasize a few points. Number one, he, he notes that he has uh, long maintained, this is a quote, long maintained that there's no single formula for resolving Establishment Clause challenges. Justice Breyer is referring back to his separate opinion in the Van Orden case from 2005, where he essentially said Lemon really can't 
provide the answer in these kind of cases. He's reiterated that here. He then identifies two facts that, if different, would have presumably changed his view of this case. Number one, if the original builders had deliberately disrespected members of minority faiths. Again, that's very prominent in the majority opinion, certainly if there's evidence that a symbol is being exploited to disparage or exclude something along those lines, that the memorial may not be constitutional. That analysis actually comes from Town of Greece. Town of Greece is also very explicit that while the prayer practice at issue is generally going to be constitutional, the one exception where it might not be is if evidence was presented that the practice was being used or exploited in Town of Greece's words to disparage. So this is a way in which the court is applying Town of Greece to the monument context. Number two, if for Justice Breyer, the decision might have been different if the cross had been erected only recently rather than in the immediate aftermath of World War I. Um, that's a little less clear in the majority opinion, although there are certainly elements of the opinion that suggest longstanding monuments are going to have a greater presumption of constitutionality. Justice Breyer at least thinks that's very significant to his decision in this case. Justice Kavanaugh wrote an excellent concurrence that I recommend highly. He begins by emphasizing that this case again demonstrates the court simply no longer applies lemon. There's simply no way to say that what the court was doing in the majority decision of American Legion was applying lemon. Justice Kavanaugh then goes through various categories of establishment clause cases and shows that lemon simply doesn't explain the court's decisions in any context. Justice Kavanaugh attempts to kind of derive an overarching set of principles in his words. He would say, if the challenged government practice is not coercive and is either rooted in history or tradition or treats religious people comparable to secular people, organization, speech, or activity, or represents a permissible legislative accommodation, then there's ordinarily not going to be an Establishment Clause violation. Uh, Justice Kavanaugh then notes the important point that the Constitution sets only a floor, and so those who disagree with government actions or speech or monuments always have recourse to the legislative process. Justice Kagan wrote a short but important concurrence where she explained her decision not to join Parts 2A and 2D of Justice Alito's opinion. She says that although she agrees that rigid application of Lemon does not solve every Establishment Clause problem, Justice Kagan thought that the test's focus on purpose and effects is crucial in evaluating government actions in this sphere, presumably cases involving government speech or symbols. With respect to Part 2D, the Town of Greece section, Justice Kagan says that she admires much in that section and she believes the court should look to history for guidance, but she did not join out of an excess of caution because she did not want to sign on at this point to broader statements about the role of history in the court's analysis. Justice Thomas uh, concurred in the judgment, as I mentioned, to reiterate his views that the Establishment Clause should not have been incorporated, um, that even if incorporated, it should really only apply to laws, not mere speech or memorials like are at issue here. And even if the clause did apply, only actual legal coercion would violate the Constitution. Justice Gorsuch also concurred in the judgment. His opinion was joined by Justice Thomas. Justice Gorsuch focused on the notion of offended observer standing and really took issue with that whole concept, um, essentially arguing that nothing in the court's Article Three precedents support the notion that offense can give rise to standing to assert a constitutional claim. I think Justice Gorsuch rightly identified the court's decisions in Lemon and Allegheny as kind of the genesis of offended observer standing. He notes that courts of appeals essentially reasoned that if it was a constitutional violation under the endorsement test for the government to make a reasonable observer feel like an outsider, then pleading that a government action made the plaintiff feel like an outsider must give rise to standing. He cites Judge Wilkinson's decision for the Fourth Circuit in the Suri case as kind of an example of this. If you're interested in this issue, I recommend that decision. 
Judge Wilkinson wrote it, it was joined by Judge Ludig and Judge Wilkins, I believe, and they essentially concluded, as long as the endorsement test is the law, you kind of can't get away from offensive server standing. But for Justice Gorsuch, he sees some basis for hope in the American Legion decision, because Justice Gorsuch would say, lauds the court for abandoning Lemon and Allegheny. He says that the message for the lower courts is unmistakable, that whether a monument, symbol, or practice is old or new, apply town of Greece, not Lemon. And Justice Gorsuch says that because that's now the law, that there's no longer an endorsement test, Lemon no longer applies. There's now no longer any need or basis for retaining offended observer standing. So because of this, Justice Gorsuch would have not only ruled the way the court ruled on the peace cross, but also issued orders to the district court to dismiss the case for lack of standing. Justice Ginsburg, as I said, dissented. She was joined by Justice Sotomayor. Justice Ginsburg essentially applies the endorsement standard of Lemon and Allegheny. She says that when a cross is displayed on public property, the government may be presumed to endorse its religious content. She also says that because a cross is the preeminent symbol of Christianity and is used on graves to represent theological conclusions, it essentially never has and really never could acquire any secular significance. What I think is most notable to me of Justice Ginsburg's decision is that it really does read like the dozens of court decisions that have kind of accumulated over the last 30 years that have analyzed crosses under the Establishment Clause. This is obviously a, a big win. Like I said, until this decision, no court had ever upheld the constitutionality of a cross-shaped memorial of any size. Crosses in general have not done well. There are dozens of cases striking down crosses under lemon and only a few upholding them. I can, off the top of my head, think of three, and those cases were few and far between. Now we have a 7-2 to Supreme Court decision upholding a 32-foot cross-shaped memorial in the center of a roadway. That's a big deal. Uh, we also have a presumption of constitutionality for at least anything with any sort of significant history. And we have an opinion that recognizes that symbols can be religious, uh, crosses can be religious and have religious meaning, but that there's nothing so inherently religious about a cross or really any other symbol that means it can never survive Establishment Clause scrutiny. There's a recognition that acknowledging and recognizing the religious values of the populace, even on government property, is a good and normal thing to do, and that as long as no one is disparaging any other faith, that that's something that should be respected and upheld. I think that set of considerations and that set of facts probably eliminate 80% of the cases that are out there now just by kind of making clear that there's nothing special about crosses. Until now, so many courts had looked at Van Orden, which involved the Ten Commandments, and said, well, Van Orden was about the Ten Commandments. The Ten Commandments have a history of association with our legal system and separate principles, but crosses are so inherently religious, they simply cannot acquire that meaning. With the American Legion decision, that line of reasoning is now gone. I think it'll also provide local governments a lot of ability to resist demand letters, particularly for any sort of long-standing monument that's been up and has been a part of a community for a while. American Legion will provide great fodder for local governments to resist efforts to have those monuments removed. Second, if it wasn't clear before, I think it should be clear now that Lemon no longer applies in cases involving government speech, symbols, etc. Although Part 2A and D of Justice Leo's decision were only joined by four justices, both Justice Thomas and Justice Gorsuch expressly agreed with the section, and if anything would have said the court should have gone further. I think to disagree with the conclusion, I, th I think to apply Lemon now after American Legion is very difficult. It was difficult after Van Orden. It was difficult after Town of Greece. I think it's very difficult now. But third, there, I think there is still work to be done in the Court of Appeals. I think precedent is going to have to develop over the next couple of years that specifically holds that Lemon doesn't apply and that applies Town of Greece in these kind of cases. 
So I think in general, this uh, decision is is what we hoped it would be. It's an important step back toward restoring the original meaning of the, of the Establishment Clause, and uh, we're very happy for the result. Thank you for listening to this episode of SCOTUScast. SCOTUScast is a project of the Federalist Society, a not-for-profit educational organization of conservative and libertarian law students, law professors, and lawyers, founded upon the principles that the state exists to preserve freedom, that the separation of governmental powers is central to our Constitution, and that it is emphatically the province and duty of the judiciary to say what the law is, not what it should be. Don't forget to subscribe to our podcast series, including SCOTUScast and Practice Group Podcasts, on iTunes or Google Play. For an archive of past podcasts, as well as audio and video of past Federalist Society events, please visit our website at fedsoc.org slash multimedia. That's F-E-D-S-O-C dot org slash multimedia. This has been a FedSoc audio production. 